Section 4 of The National Geographic Magazine, Volume 10, April 1899. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in October 2021. How Long a Whale May Carry a Harpoon in a lecture before the National Geographic Society on February 21, 1895, the Honorable George C. Perkins, U.S. Senator from California, mentioned the fact that a toggle harpoon head, which he exhibited and afterward generously donated to the Society, had been obtained from a whale in Bering Sea. The harpoon bears the following inscription, M-O-N-T, and five circles. The first four letters are the mark of the American whaler Montezuma, which was engaged in whaling in Bering Sea and the North Pacific about 1850-54. The five circles represent the number of the boat to which this particular iron was assigned. Taking the latest date, 1854, as the date when the whale was struck, it appears that the whale must have carried it 36 years. The following abstract of Senator Perkins' remarks gives some of the circumstances. The harpoon was perfect as you see it, and in a splendid state of preservation, but the shank had been eaten away close up to the skin of the animal by the action of the salt water. A little rubbing revealed the name. During the War of the Rebellion in 1861, Charleston was blockaded by the Federal fleet. The blockade runners again and again successfully eluded the fleet and carried supplies to the beleaguered city. To stop this, the Federal government bought a number of old whalers that were lying in the harbor of New Bedford, patched them up, and sent them to Charleston filled with stones, and sank them across the entrance to the harbor. The vessels have been known ever since as the Stone Fleet, and the Montezuma was one of them. This was thirty years ago, and the Montezuma was built sixty years prior to that. She was at one time a British man of war, and was bought by New Bedford people and turned into a whaler. It will thus be seen that it is safe to say that the harpoon head found by the Beluga had been carried by the whale fully thirty-six years. Ever since whaling became an industry, it has been the custom for each whaling firm to have the name of the vessel stamped on each harpoon. This is done in case two or more boats from different vessels should be surrounding one of the animals, in order to show which of the vessels has struck it, if the animal gets away and is afterward found dead. The following note from Captain Knowles of the Pacific Steam Whaling Company was attached to the harpoon when presented to Senator Perkins. Harpoon head found in a whale taken in Bering Sea in August 1890 by steam whaling bark Beluga, Captain R. D. Wicks, of the Pacific Steam Whaling Company's fleet. This iron was from the whaling bark Montezuma, as you will see by the mark. The Montezuma was sunk in Charleston Harbor during the War of the Rebellion, she was in Bering Sea some ten years previous to being sold to the government, so this iron must have been in the whale forty years. 
J. N. Knowles I was discussing the matter recently with Captain E. B. Herendine of the U.S. National Museum and mentioning cases reported where whales struck in Greenland waters had got away and afterward been taken in Bering Strait with the first iron in them, or vice versa, when Captain Herendine observed, In regard to the whale iron or harpoon found in a whale with the name of a ship on it which had never been in the Greenland fisheries, and had always been employed in this industry in the region of Bering Strait, I can only say that while it is most likely that the whale does make the passage from the vicinity of Point Barrow to the waters around Greenland and Hudson Bay, still I do not think the evidence of the irons conclusive, for the following reasons. Ships were often changing ownership and being withdrawn from the service, and their inventory of whaling implements sold and put on board other ships, and while it is true that the ship receiving such weapons would erase the marks of the former ship if put in use, there remains the possibility of such irons being given or traded to the Eskimo, and such a whale may have been struck by an Eskimo in the vicinity of its final capture with a second-hand iron from which the name had not been erased. We know that the ships of the Franklin search expedition approached very near each other to east of Banks Land, and we know the whale is able to make long journeys beneath the summer ice flows, for they easily see any places where the light shows through the ice, which denotes a possible breathing place. I have often heard whales blowing among the ice when I could not see any sign of water anywhere. These notes appear to have a certain interest on account of the stories current from time to time of whales supposed to have made the northwest or northeast passage and also throw light on the possible age which may be attained by these animals. William H. Dahl End of section 4